This is MJ. Welcome to Story Over Everything, episode 30. I am excited to share with you my progress. I got to write... Well, I, I got to write. I made myself write uh, you know, a bunch this week, or you know, fairly consistently. So I'm overall pleased with that, and I did drawings. I, I think every day I wrote, I drew, so that's good. Um, so all of the writing that I'm going to share with you is from my author's log from August... 5th through 11th, and it's all of it's me uh, working on Chapter 9 of Growbug Tales, which yeah, I've been working on that for two or three weeks, but that's just how long it's taking, so you got to bear with me. Uh, but I'll go ahead and read it to you. But after I read the author's log to you, i got to talk to you about The Hive Mind, which is a, a bait-and-switch clickbait title, and I'll, I'll tell you what it's really about afterwards. If you're looking at the show notes already as you're listening to this, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can jump to the chapter if you're using... Uh, a podcasting 2.0 platform like Fountain, uh, which is where I happily have my podcast hosted. So anyway, without further ado, I'll get right into my readings uh, as soon as I pull up the file because I went ahead and made my show notes before the episode, but I did not include the daily writing in them, which I didn't do it this week because I didn't do it previous weeks, but now I'm wondering, should I do that just so that I have it there at hand very easily? So August 5th, I did not write at all. I did not make time to write. I failed to make time to write, so that's not great. But every day since then, I believe I did. So here we go. I'm going to just say what the date is, and then I'm going to keep reading uh, what I have written. And uh, if you want the word count, you got to find on Saturday evening, I post my uh, weekly roundup, and that tells you what I've done that week. So um, with writing and beyond. <clears throat> August 6th, 2023. Understood, cadets? The three answered nearly in unison. Good. Now, Cadet Splash, where are the best rations stored for grow grubs? Splash stammered, but produced the right answer. Cadet Quiver, what is the order for the storage of seeds, by class and season? Quiver paused to collect his thoughts, then gave an incomplete but satisfactory answer. Whistle corrected him and had him repeat the protocol. Cadet Naw, what is the highest duty of the grow bug? Naw gave an answer. Whistle did not respond. After a long time, Na gave another answer. Whistle said nothing. Na gave answer after answer, filling the silence, when Whistle remained silent. August 7th. Whistle finally responded. The highest duty of the girl bug is to help others. As I said, duty is not dependent upon ability in any way. That is a clarification, an illustration of a larger truth of this world. But there is another kind of duty. Slash snickered at this. Whistle chuckled and continued. We have a duty to grow, to push ourselves beyond our limits. Though we are small in body, we have the capacity to be enormous in heart and spirit. There is a balance to maintain, to be concerned with everyone and everything in our lives, in the world, and also with our every thought, word, and deed. Balance is found when we can honestly be severe with ourselves and generous with others. When we see a thing in the world that is distasteful to us, we must look inside ourselves to see where it is part of us. You want to be your best self. You want to grow, but part of you is unsure, afraid, worried it will fail. Worried everyone will see you for how small and weak you are. So it tells you to stay quiet, to step back, to not act. If you don't act, you can't fail. August 8th. But refusing to act is an action. It is the act of withdrawal. It is the f act of running away. You can't help others if you only run away. 
I'm no guardian, so I can't speak on tactics with much authority, but there's a difference between a strategic retreat and fleeing. I would think you should never flee, but retreat is a valid choice. After all, what else would you call this if not a form of retreat? Whistle gestured to the busy camp around them, Growbugs working diligently to fortify the camp while making it blend in with the rest of the wood as best as possible while staying habitable and functional for all those who stayed behind. Splash squeaked. So what are you saying, Keeper Whistle? Are you saying we're all going to die and die without fighting like a bunch of cowards? Whistle fluttered one wing, then the other, then answered. I am saying that all I... I am saying that I want all of us to survive. None of you cadets are ready to fight. Is it true that you have lived in this camp your whole life? Yes. Is it true that you have never had to fight for your life? Splash admitted, yes. Did you know that the same could be said of me? No. August 9th. It's true. I am no warrior, but I will fight if I have to. I will fight for what I have to. For now, I do what I can. I hope we will all survive this attack. I hope we remain hidden. I hope the Guardians repel these enemies before they get here. Hope is not now, and will never be a plan. That is why we do all we do. If they fail, if we are besieged, if heaven forbid the camp is destroyed, we will rebuild by feeding ourselves from the stored rations, and we will work to raise up a new generation of grow grubs into grow bug cadets, and new cadets into keepers, guardians, and seers. To succeed, we all need to do our part as if our life depends on it, because it just may. Whistle stared at the cadets. Any questions? The three responded together, No. Good. Cadets to your tasks. Splash, I will shadow you to start with. Quiver, nah, be light of foot and swift of wing. I will catch up with you two shortly. August 10th. Keeper Grunt dashed around a series of sticks, lashing them with a luminous tendril, and gave a mighty pull. The structure came crashing down, kicking up dust and debris. He turned to Yawn and Babble and asked, Any questions? August 11th. Yawn asked with a tremor of hope in her voice, Is that all we have to do? It is. Yes, for step one. Oh, Yawn wilted a bit. Babel jumped in. What's next? Are there a lot more steps? Grunt answered. Since our objective is to make it look like we were never here, we don't want to leave these mounds like this. Wind and other creatures would have spread them out if they had time to, do, if they had time to so we are going to do that now. Yawn muttered to herself. I was worried about that. Cadet, Yon stiffened. Yes? Is that all? Yes. Babel broke in. So for step two, what is the best way to clear the mounds? Grunt continued. Well, it really starts in step one. Dot, dot, dot. So that's the end of my writing for this week. And I won't make any other comments on it. I will instead move on to the next section of the episode. So now that the author's log is officially closed, I can talk to you about the hive mind. Uh, and <laughs> this is more of a personal anecdote just for funsies here. So I have access to a yard, and so do my children. And uh, we have been getting stung over the last week. It started with uh, one of my daughters got stung. Then I think then who? Was it me or my son? Anyway. Then I think my son got stung, and then I got stung, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. Are these hornets, wasps, yellow jackets, bees? What, what exactly was going on? So, long story short, 
we found out that they're some sort of ground thing. Uh, they're my somebody thinks they're yellow jackets. Uh, I think they're I don't know what they are. They could be hornets. They could be some sort of ground wasp. And apparently, wasps will frequently build their nests in holes. They'll build them in. I, I looked it up. Apparently, they build them in abandoned animal holes, whether that's a you know a rodent of some sort or perhaps a snake, because we have snakes too. Um, they'll build in their, in those holes underground, which is wild, uh, and that kind of goes against, not the laws of nature, but like the, the way we think about, you know, nature. Um, so we think about, oh, it's a, it's a flying creature, so it must be up in the sky. And I'm used to seeing like paper wasp nests up under the eaves of, of houses or garages or whatever buildings, right? That's what I'm used to seeing. And I know that those also, they'll put those in trees, I believe, um, and, you know, the classic bee from media, the bees in the beehive in the tree, right? But they've, you know, people do bee boxes and uh, apparently, you know, bees will go into people's walls of houses to build hives, which is crazy. Ugh, sorry, it's giving me the heebie-jeebies thinking about that. But it also gives me the heebie-jeebies to think about a whole huge nest of, or, you know, swarm within a nest of some sort of stinging insect under the ground. And anyway, this sort of relates, it doesn't really relate to writing, but just the, the concept of hive mind is interesting because uh, these, uh, you know, matriarchal insect, I don't know if you'd call them colonies or, or what specifically you'd call them. I believe the way that, well, I know more about bees than I do about any of the others, but I think the general principle applies to them and ants and other things like that, which by the way, if you've ever seen a furry ant or a hairy ant, that's actually a type of wasp apparently without wings, which kind of doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Anyway, uh, so... By the way, the primary scientific designation of something being a wasp seems to be that it has a very skinny waist. So, anyway. Which I guess these guys that I got stung by don't have a very skinny waist, so they must be some other thing, like a hornet or a yellow jacket. So, anyway. Uh, um, somebody told me, because I was telling them about this uh, ground nest that we found, and I thought, oh, I'll deal with it later. Um, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, I got stung on my elbow, and, you know, uh, I think my son got stung at the same time, but, you know, we're okay Thank God nobody's, you know, swelling or allergic or anything like that. So that's really good. And I was kind of taking my time dealing with it because I thought, well, I don't know where the thing, I don't know where the nest is and we're going to have to eventually find it. I know they're, you know, in this area, they're congregating here. So the nest is probably somewhere near there, but I didn't know where it was. So somebody mentioned to me, oh yeah, those ground wasp nests, and that's what they called them. So I was calling them and thinking of them as wasps. Sometimes the soil will get weak around where they have their area. I'm assuming from like them hollowing it out. Uh, there is something called a great golden digger wasp that does dig into the ground. Um, and so I thought, well, perhaps other types of wasps burrow or maybe them attaching their nests, uh, their cells to the, uh, you know, the dirt, which is above them, which is below the ground, right? Uh, might weaken it and whatever. And somebody said, yeah, if you're not careful, you could step into and sink into the nest and they're going to attack you because they're defending themselves. And I was really angry with these these things. And then I really, because I thought I didn't do anything to them. I just walked by to go check on something and I happened to walk by where they were and I didn't notice that they were there. And I realized that when I finally found the hole where the nest was, and I say was because it's there no more, it's a graveyard now, uh, I realized, oh, I am... I walked right by, I probably stepped, foot, put my heel right next to the entrance to their hole and disturbed them and made them scared and think, hey, someone's coming after us. We got to protect the babies. We got to, you know, 
deal with this threat. And they came out and stung me possibly multiple times in my elbow. Um, see, it was sitting there for a long time before I got somebody to help me with it. So uh, anyway, I realized there is a justification for why I got stung. This, you know, These bugs were not acting ridiculously. They were acting via the hive mind, the queen mother. Um, you know, has her select number of drones. Again, this is specifically for bees, but I assume it's similar for these yellow jackets or hornets, whatever they were. And, you know, she mates with a couple of them, and somehow uh, one session of mating has enough seed in it that she can just have, like, baby after baby after baby. But the whole objective of the nest of the hive is to keep the queen alive, and the babies, to care for the babies, to raise them up so they can go out and collect uh, pollen or wood pulp or whatever it is that they're using, bring those resources back to the hive and use that to feed, like to support, basically to keep the hive alive. And when the one queen dies, you know, something like a pheromone is released and then another, uh, one of the, you know, they're majority female colonies, right? One of them awakens or she's triggered into becoming the queen and taking on those aspects of herself. So there's sexual dimorphism in creatures where a male animal looks different from a female animal. One of the best uh, instances of this is like a peacock or any of the um, the birds that do the, the dancing mating ritual. Like the males, the, the females are uh, drab looking brown and gray and things like that, whereas the males will be very colorful. You see this in, in uh, drakes of ducks uh, in peacocks, uh, I guess peahens peacock for the, you know, cock rooster type thing. And then peahen, I think, is what you'd call the female, specifically if you were breaking it down like that. Uh, but the drake's for ducks, and then the female duck is just called a, a duck, I guess. Um, and anyway, that sexual dimorphism sets them apart. And then it's interesting, in these insect colonies, you have the queen. She ga- I think the queen grows extra big, and, uh, like, her body shifts so that she can be prepared to just, like, lay egg after egg after egg. And I don't know how it works as far as, like, does she really, like, does she literally think there's a threat, I need you to go attack it, or are they, are all her drone, well, the, I guess the males are drones, the, the females are the workers, are all her workers operating off of, like, a base level of instinct where, okay, there's a threat, we're going to attack it, oh, uh, you know, somebody got, st- you know, something got stung outside the nest, uh, a smell is, a scent is released based upon that, uh, that signal hits me, I'm going to swarm over there, and I'm also going to attack because whatever my sister is fighting, uh, if it's not stopped, it's going to come here and kill the rest of us potentially, so i got to stop that threat. It's just it's very interesting to think about how that structure works. And, like, you can think about that with, you know, villain organizations in your superhero story or your fantasy story where, you know, you're escalating and trying to get to the dragon who's, you know, behind the evil wizard or whatever uh, that you need to stop to save the day. Um, like, that's interesting, but also just, like, you know, there's, as much as I was mad about it, there's a logic to it, and I can appreciate what I was doing to those bugs. And uh, last night and then this morning I followed up uh, making sure that I, I killed that entire nest. And I feel badly about it, but I'm protecting my hive. I'm protecting my nest. They attacked me and they've attacked me. Like they, I went out there with my son. Uh, I got stung in the leg. He got stung twice, either through his shirt or under his shirt. They crawled up and got under his arm and on his back. And that's where he was stung. And I feel really badly for him because my stings on, on my elbow were hurting me really badly. Um, again, thank God within like 24, you know, 36 hours, they were uh, like much better. And I think I must've got, gotten stung multiple times on my elbow cause it really, it puffed up so badly, but my leg is fine. Uh, but then later a couple hours after I was stung and my son and I came back inside, I was reading, I was sitting down with him and we were going to read before, you know, before bedtime. And I thought, I heard a buzz. Is that, a, is there a fly inside it? I hear that, but where did that buzz come from? And I thought, you know, don't worry about it. 
you guys are here. Just take the opportunity to relax and enjoy. So he ends up going to bed. I lay him down in bed. I flop down on the couch to read, or actually to write, and I feel this pain. And I am shocked by the pain because it's... It's in my clothes. I'm feeling pain from in my clothes hours after, like an hour or two after getting stung by these yellow jackets or whatever it was. And I was, honestly, I was shocked and scared. I, I acted like a man, but on the inside I was shaking. Um, and I stood up and I said, I think I just got stung. My wife was there sitting down. She was writing something too. And I said, can you help me look? And I showed, I said, look, do you, know, you see anything? No, I don't. And I said, okay, well, I feel pain. I, I know there's something there. So I maneuvered my clothes a little bit more. And sure enough, a yellow jacket had been inside of my clothes and it stung me. And I thought, could that have happened to my son too? What about the rest of us? Who else is going to, how many more times can we afford to get stung? And so I looked it up and I decided it was time for me to kill that nest. And I'm going to let you know, soapy water did the work. It basically drowns them in their own skin because they breathe through their skin because that's insects do. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I didn't like doing it. It was sad. I went out there at night when it was cool because um, I thought we were going out when it was night and cool enough and dark enough that they would be retired for the night, but they weren't. And, uh, but they're just in such a place where they, like, I constantly, we would constantly be walking by them to attend to things in the yard that I, I felt like I had to do this. And, uh, we have a broken window screen and I laid it over their hole and I put cinder blocks on to keep it tamped down. And I'm glad I did because before I, I was messing around with some other stuff and then I came back a couple minutes later and I saw all these insects, all these hornets, yellow jackets crawling around on the other side of the screen. And fortunately, I already I prepared, prepared all my stuff. So I just grabbed my bucket. I dumped it on them and I booked it because I was not wanting to deal with the hive. But uh, apparently soapy water kills them within like 15 seconds or so. And then I went out this morning. It was dark. Um, and I wanted to do this before anybody else could be out there. And I, I hosed him down again and, uh, I, it looks like the dirt is filled in and the, where the hole was, um, like I collapsed and it filled in on itself. So anyway, that was a harrowing experience and I dealt with that. But if you've got wasps or hornets or ground, uh, something or others that can sting you, uh, soapy water is going to take care of that. Apparently also you can put soapy water in a spray bottle and just squirt it at them and it'll kill them. I don't advocate killing them one off. I definitely like we leave the bees alone. We've got bees all over the yard and we walk through where they're sipping from the flowers and they leave us alone and we leave them alone and it's great even though we will get close to them and watch them on the plant, but we don't like touch them or anything like that. And they leave, like I said, they leave us alone. Uh, I think it's only these more aggressive hornets or wasps or whatever yellow jackets potentially that were uh, getting us. And uh, I felt like I had to do it, but I feel bad about it too. Um, but I had to protect my family. So it's just kind of interesting. What does it have to do with writing? I'm not really sure. It's just kind of a PSA, but it did kind of make me think about stories and like, you know, who's evil here? Am I evil for, you know, massacring this hive or, uh, am I being very perfectly reasonable for killing them all? I also just happened to watch Attack of the Clones the other day, and it made me think about it, uh, you know, Anakin's line after, you know, massacring the Sand People. And I do feel badly. I wish I hadn't had to, I w wish I didn't feel like I had to do that, but just the location they were in was no good for me. Maybe there's a better non-lethal way to, to deal with them. I saw somebody mention something about, like, bees specifically get somebody to, to move their hive for you, because beekeepers will do that. They want to pull in, uh, I don't know if it's so that they have, like, um, genetic diversity they'll pull in a hive onto their property uh, from somewhere else so that they 
well, they benefit somehow. You know, they have more bees um, that they didn't have before. They can make more honey, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know that anybody does that with, you know, yellow jackets, wasps, hornets, that kind of thing. So anyway, um, there's always another, <laughs> there are, there are alternatives to fighting, right? Since I'm in Star Wars mood. Um, and there's always another way to do things. But, uh, you know, I did what I felt I had to. And uh, it's just kind of interesting. Again, I'm not, like, crying or losing sleep over it. I just, I feel badly. I, I, I hate having to kill things. Um, but uh, I felt like it was justified in this case. And it gives me something interesting to think about. And um, I don't know if you've ever thought about that with your writing. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, make villains and heroes and how do you deal with, you know, evil enemies? And like in my Growbug stories, they're for children. I'm making them very simple. Like there are evil things in the night that exist specifically to uh, harm children and the Growbug specifically exists to combat them. Now, I do have other ideas for stuff relating to – I have these dread bugs for this other story that I want to do where it's not that they want to hurt people. It's that they're in a foreign environment. They're outside of their natural ecosystem, so the way that they operate in their natural ecosystem is beneficial or at least not harmful versus here in our world or in the world of my stories. It takes on like a predatory, parasitic uh, character, and they do end up harming people, and I think that's really an interesting idea to play with Um, because I like – I enjoy evil characters sometimes, but I also don't enjoy like evil races and like, you know – it is fair to say that the you know the wasps were in the right for attacking us, um, but I think I was in the right for attacking them too. So anyway, it's just it's just interesting food for thought. I think it, it, thinking about the real world and observing the real world and how it functions can help us to be better writers and better creatives. And uh, yeah, I just felt like sharing that. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this session of story over everything. And I encourage you to go to the website and check out everything I'm doing. I'm not doing all the analysis. Uh, that I want to do. I'm being consistent in doing the artwork and doing the uh, writing that I want to do. So that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm imperfect and I'm working towards being better and more consistent. And it's just, it's a hard road to be, uh, well, it's a hard road to do whatever you want to do. And when you want to do things very ambitiously and at a wide scope, it, it makes it even a harder road. But with time and dedication and effort, you can push through and make it happen, I think. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for myself, and that's what I keep working towards. So anyway, I thank you for your time and attention, folks. Until next time, uh, take care, be well, uh, stay away from wasps. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.